Country Safety Podcast for April of 2011. First, a little bit about me. I've been a Greyhound driver now for the past 20 years. I've been in the driver instructor program for the past six, and I currently drive out of Syracuse, New York. Well, it's a little exciting this month. This is the 12th episode of the Monthly Safety Podcast. I began this uh, last May, and so we've come to our 12th episode, so I'm not sure if that considers this the anniversary edition or not, but I'm going to go ahead and say that this is our one-year anniversary. Yay! Well, we're going to uh, start off with some sad news this month. Uh, we had a driver in New York, uh, Daniel Cruz, who recently passed away after suffering a heart attack. And uh, what happened was he felt some chest pains and was able to get the bus over safely to the side of the road before he was taken to the hospital and they got a relief driver. And he subsequently passed away. And that's a very sad event. His uh, funeral is today. I know many of the drivers uh, in the New York area are attending. And the reason that I mention this is because um, we do need to try to take care of our health. Uh, our job isn't the most healthy lifestyle by definition. We don't get a lot of exercise, and sometimes we make uh, poor diet choices. So we need to try to do what we can to take care of our health so we live uh, a long, healthy life with good quality of life. Uh, some of the things that uh, we should try to do to have, maintain a healthy lifestyle are to uh, choose lean meats and poultry without skin and prepare them without added saturated and trans fats. Select fat-free or 1% fat and low-fat dairy products. Uh, cut back on foods containing partially hydrogenated vegetable oils to reduce trans fat in your diet. Cut back on foods high in dietary cholesterol. Aim to eat less than 300 milligrams of cholesterol a day. Cut back on beverages and foods with added sugars. Choose and prepare foods with little or no salt. Aim to eat less than 2,300 milligrams of sodium per day. All persons who have hypertension, all middle-aged and older adults, and all blacks should consume no more than 1,500 milligrams of sodium per day. If you drink al alcohol, drink in moderation. This means no more than one drink per day if you're a woman and two drinks per day if you're a man. Keep an eye on your portion sizes. So that's some good hard smart information that we've gotten from the safety department actually uh, in February, but I wanted to pass that along because it's all good information and uh, we want to do what we can to take care of our health. So in the time that uh, I've been broadcasting this podcast, uh, we've talked about a lot of basic safety issues uh, and some of the things that we mentioned from the beginning were uh, some of the basic concepts in driving any vehicle safely some of the things we talk about, for example, in the driver's rule book, rule S23 states that buses must not be driven unless the, dropper, the driver is properly restrained with a seatbelt. And that should be obvious. We, any vehicle that we drive, uh, every state in the country that I'm aware of and every Canadian province that we operate in requires the driver to wear his or her seatbelt. And this is a very serious thing. It's a basic safety concept. You won't be able to control your vehicle if you are not uh, restrained properly in your seat, and it also uh, significantly increases the chances of you being uh, injured or killed, being thrown from the vehicle. We've seen several bus accidents recently where the driver was thrown through the windshield and died. So, you know, that's just a basic thing, wear your seatbelt. And, of course, uh, Greyhound is very uh, concerned about your safety. And the policy the last time I checked was that if you were caught not wearing your seatbelt on the first offense, you would receive four days off, and on the second offense, you would be terminated. But that should be obvious. I mean, we should all be wearing our seatbelts, and please let's not make excuses as to why uh, we shouldn't wear them. Let's go ahead and do that. The other thing I wanted to mention was, since this podcast has started, we've seen a lot of changes within the company. And one of the things that came shortly before I started was the increase in the following distance 
and the revision in the railroad crossing policy. And again, the minimum safe following distance under all conditions uh, is a minimum of six seconds. So in the driver's rule book, it talks about following distance rule S19 begins with five. Of course, we're going to begin with six. Uh, and some of that, some of those revisions have not made it all the way out into all the printed materials yet. But we know it's six seconds on dry road surfaces. And then we add one for rain and two for snow and three for ice and sleet at a minimum. Uh, but the space in front of you is the easiest space to control. So we should absolutely make sure that we maintain that space in front of us. And that does several things. It allows you to drive with less stress. Uh, it allows you to drive more smoothly for your passengers so we don't have to brake hard. And it also helps to minimize the chances of a rear-end collision because, again, if we don't brake hard, we're giving the vehicles behind us a chance to respond when we decelerate. So maintaining a safe following distance is quite a big deal, and we should make sure that we do that at all times to ensure a safe and pleasant trip for both you and your passengers. Now, another rule that I wanted to mention, which we don't think about a whole lot, is rule G13. And that talks about having conversations uh, or distractions. Actually, it says unnecessary conversation or distraction. And what this rule says is that drivers are forbidden to engage in unnecessary conversation with passengers or with company employees who may be riding the bus. Conversation should be limited to brief courteous answers to specific questions pertaining to service. Preparing cash fares, making change, making notations on records, or any other similar distractions while the bus is in motion are strictly prohibited. So obviously, uh, if you're cushioning on a bus or if a driver's cushioning with you, we shouldn't be having a conversation for the entire length of the trip. And this is a problem for several reasons. It does distract the driver and take away from his or her attention to drive. But it also uh, puts out some information in front of our customers that we may not uh, want to put out there. So let's try to minimize that. You know, technically, the driver that's cushioning isn't supposed to sit up front. And most of us don't necessarily enforce that, but that's the reasoning behind it. Now, another thing that's listed under this G13 rule, because it talks about both conversation and distraction, is that drivers will not install an electronic device of any type on a company-operated bus, nor will such equipment be utilized while riding or operating a company-operated bus. This includes radar detectors, AM, FM radios, CB radios, shortwave radios, audio playback recorders, similar devices. Except in case of emergency, the driver shall not use a cellular phone while the bus is in motion. Driver shall not eat while driving. So let's take a look at that. When we say electronic devices, we're talking about specifically these GPS navigation systems, these portable navigation devices. This is something that we should not be using while we're driving. We should be able to uh, follow a map. We should be able to read our directions. And we should do this before we leave. And if we uh, need to consult our directions, find a safe place to pull off the road, and get yourself back on track. But these GPS devices, one thing that they will do is they, they will take you on a route that may not necessarily be okay for the bus, whether it's a local restriction, whether it's a physical restriction. Uh, so let's try not to use these GPS devices. I know a lot of the newer drivers would say that Greyhound needs to get into the current age and, and use that, but... Um, this is something that uh, is a bone of contention with a lot of transportation companies, and we've seen where companies will say that uh, the drivers should be able to consult the map uh, and read your signs. So let's stay away from that, and obviously it talks about eating and drinking, and that's something that can be a distraction as well. Also, we've seen a sharp increase in the number of uh, fixed object collisions, both forward and backing, and this is a problem because, generally speaking, 
uh, we're not going to hit something that we can see. So obviously if we do strike a fixed object, it's probably because either we weren't looking in the mirror or the mirror wasn't set correctly or because we were backing and didn't have a guide and weren't able to see what was going on because, as I said, it's highly unlikely that you will hit what you can see. So let's talk about backing accidents. Now if I look at the only the best guide under backing accidents, it talks about responsibility for backing safely is entirely the drivers. Backing is dangerous when the driver neglects to make sure the way is clear during the entire backing movement. Many times backing can be avoided by sizing up the situation early and leaving the bus parked so backing will not be necessary. Before backing a Greyhound driver should walk around the bus, sound the horn, turn on the four-way flashers, and check both mirrors repeatedly. Back slowly and never further than necessary. Backing should always be avoided when something blocks the view of the rearview mirror. It is the driver's responsibility to watch for and be prepared for any change in conditions during the movement. When using a guide to help you back may be helpful only when you have control of the bus. Do not risk your safety record by depending on someone else. Remember, when in doubt about clearance, get out and look. Also back only as far as needed and no further. A professional Greyhound driver will always yield the right of way to backing vehicles. Professional drivers are expected to check carefully before starting from terminals and stations to prevent run running over baggage and baggage carts. So obviously we know that we do have a backing policy in place and we're not supposed to back without a guide, but there are going to be times when you won't have a guide available. Whether or not we have a guide, it's important to take your time and walk completely around the bus to check for any obstacles, to back slowly at uh, idle speed with your brake covered. And I say idle speed with your brake covered because in some cases if you don't, if you just let that bus roll at idle speed, it may be too fast. So we want to, you know, creep very slowly, you know, less than one mile per hour so that we're in control. And just because you have a guide back there doesn't mean that there's, there's no reason for you to, to stop and get out and check. If you don't feel comfortable, if you need to double check, go ahead and stop and get out because ultimately the responsibility is on you. So some people may say, well, why do we use a guide then? Well, the guide helps you because uh, it gives you another set of eyes. Uh, it also, that person can see further if there's another vehicle coming. Sometimes we can't see that because the mirror is only going to show you so much to the sides. And other vehicles that may be approaching will see that guide in their reflective vest and pay more attention than if they just see your bus backing with the flashes on. So the guide is a helpful tool, but it's just one uh, tool to increase the safety when you back. Obviously, the safest way to back is not to back at all. So we try to avoid backing whenever possible, and we try to keep backing to a minimum. And as I said, we've, we've seen an increase in fixed object collisions also going forward, not just traveling backwards. And the problem there has to do with proper mirror adjustment and proper mirror usage. Before you start your trip, please make sure that your mirrors are adjusted correctly. Please don't just get in the seat and say, well, they look reasonable, and I'll, I'll go ahead. A common thing that drivers do is to have the right side mirror too low because it's great for making right turns all day long, but other than that, you can't see too far behind your coach, and you can't get a good picture of what's going on around you. You're staring at that right rear tire, and that's great if you're making right turns all day long, but we do much more than that. And I've heard drivers say they have the mirrors adjusted differently in the city and on the highway, and this is simply not correct. There should be one mirror adjustment, one mirror setting. So set, take time to set your mirrors correctly so that you maximize your visibility around the coach. And in some cases, you're going to have to stretch your neck. You're going to have to rock and roll your body 
to increase your visibility, to reduce your areas of limited visibility, and so make sure you do that. But again, going back to what I said about fixed object collisions, just because the mirrors are adjusted correctly doesn't mean that we're going to use them. And this goes back to your training. Uh, when you're making a turn, when you're maneuvering in tight places, you need to be checking your mirrors frequently, both mirrors, and we need to be rocking and rolling our body. And if it looks like you're not going to make it, go ahead and stop. Oftentimes when a driver makes contact with a fixed object, the only way that they knew that they were going to hit it was when they heard a noise and they hit it. And that just shouldn't happen. If you're making a turn, one of the basic things that we do making a turn is we check that opposite mirror at least once before, halfway through, and at the completion of the turn without losing focus on the side that we're turning on. And that's very important, so I'll say it again. We need to check that opposite mirror before, during, and after the turn. And one of the reasons that we do that is because we have to allow and adjust for tail swing. Tail swing is a significant hazard, and we have a lot of collisions when a driver is making a left turn where the right rear corner makes contact with another vehicle or a pole or a wall or something along those lines. So we have to take that into account. And, you know, different bus models have different tail swing. They swing out differently, uh, different distance, different angle. And one of the things that you can do to minimize that is to try and keep at least two feet of clearance on the opposite side of your bus before you make a turn. And one of the ways to do that is to position your bus in the center of the turning lane to minimize any tail swing conflict. We can't always do that, so we have to watch our mirrors. But these are some of the things that we can do to try to reduce these fixed object collisions, which are always embarrassing and almost certainly preventable. Now I'd like to turn a little bit to current events. We've seen several uh, bus accidents in the Northeast, high-profile accidents where people were, uh, unfortunately, we had fatalities. And uh, investigation found that a lot of these drivers, uh, logs weren't current, uh, buses weren't inspected properly, uh, proper safety procedures were not being followed. And so, of course, that brings a lot of scrutiny on the bus industry in general. And here in the Northeast, certainly we've seen a, a sharp increase in roadside inspections and uh, DOT inspections of drivers and buses. So one of the things that we need to do is to make sure that before we drive, our log is current to the last change of duty status. And this is very important. Many drivers will update their log at the end of the day. Some drivers may actually complete their log before they even drive at the beginning of the day. And it's very important to make sure that every time you stop, you update your log. And before you drive, you have to draw that line up to the driving status so that your log is current. Because there's this myth out there that if you do get stopped and the DOT does want to look at your log, there is a certain amount of time that you can bring it up to date. And that's just not true. So we need to make sure that our log is current at all times. Make sure that your driver's license is current and with you. Make sure that your DOT medical card is current and with you. And these things are really important. If you have a problem, uh, don't drive. Make sure that everything is right before you leave. Another thing I wanted to mention is that <clears throat> we've always seen, um, you know, these kinds of things compounded by driver's mistakes. So what do I mean by that? Well, you know, your log is not up to date and then you go ahead and do something to draw attention to yourself. We, have, we had a driver uh, in Atlantic City where the, there are a lot of restrictions on what streets buses can travel on. Traveling down a street that this driver wasn't allowed on for whatever reason, and of course now you would attract a little bit of attention to yourself. Well, when you finally get inside the casino and they want to take a look at your log, we find out that your log is not current. 
So that's a problem. You know, people have log violations. So we need to be really careful. Um, you know, keep your log current. Obviously, don't go over your hours. You know, you 10, 15, and 70. We, there's just no reason to be going over those things. So let's make sure that we're careful with that because you're responsible to do your own, own logbook. So you can't blame someone else if you're not in compliance. Well, I think that's about going to do it uh, for this month. Uh, again, this is the 12th edition. I encourage you to listen to previous episodes of the Monthly Safety Podcast. You can visit my Facebook page. Um, there is some information posted in some of the terminals about that. And uh, you can also send me email at Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, 13211 at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Uh, but I do want to say, I do want to close on a positive note and say that Greyhound has the best drivers in the world. We have the best safety record of any ground transportation company. We have the best training program, and our drivers are the best, both in terms of safety and in terms of customer service. We are the industry leaders. So I do want to, you know, we talk about some of the things that aren't so good that happen, but we've got the best drivers in the world, and I do want to make mention of that. I want everyone to have a safe and pleasant trip. We'll see you next month in May.